This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome, guys, to another Freedom Fighter podcast. I hope you're well. Christmas, a week in Friday. <laughs> it's coming in fast, eh? And uh, so here's our second recording uh, around our Christmas stories, I hope. This week, we've got our friend Barry Martin up there in Port Ban sharing his story of the real miracle that's happened in his heart for the camp that we've done there in October. So I pray, guys, as you're listening, this deeply encourages you and fills you with hope that what happened for him can happen for you. Another wee Christmas story, I hope, is our Christmas offering to you all. Uh, I've got my good friend up there in Port Ban this morning, Barry uh, Martin. Where's the day? Barry, how you doing, my friend? Good day, how are you? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Good, uh, good. Uh, the bleak midwinter song was in my heart this morning when I was looking outside right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, it's a bit dark down here. Um, yeah. The sun's just not got out this morning. The clouds haven't cleared, but we'll pray with the clouds clear after we've shared a wee bit, eh? <laughs> yeah. So, I've asked Barry to come along. Uh, Barry attended our last camp there in October in Port Ban, and, and he had, you know... A, a great experience that we'll, we'll hear all about today. And uh, as I said in the first uh, recording with Davy Hay, and Davy done brilliantly in, in communicating the change of heart, the real, the real miracle. You know, and, and as we're coming up to Christmas, and we, you know, I love the Christmas Carol, Barry. I've shared a wee bit about it in different recordings over the years. Yeah. And that story speaks so loudly of the the joy of Christmas that this. Scrooge was so was so hardened, so unloving and stuck in life and 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 miserly and hard and harsh and, and the the miracle that resulted after light getting he was able to see himself in the past, the present, the future in a new way and it resulted in a change of heart. And that story is there's a there's a reason that story has captured the attention of millions of the years and, and people have loved it is because that story is true for us. Yes. That story can happen. And we want to begin into Christmas, you know, with a heart that's no hard, that's no stuck in a tomb somewhere, that that that, 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 that it's just dead and, 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 and just, you know, disengaged. You know, the, the, the what Davy said was beautiful about the when at Christmas time we we we'd wrap these defences. And you're yeah. able to, to believe in love again, believe in uh, I can give again, you know. But as we know, this is not just for Christmas. We are we are o- over the moon to be to to be, to be um, you know declaring these things and promoting these things. That God wants you. You can live Christmas every day of our lives. We can live with a heart that's full of love and with, if, uh, and, and open and and no stuck. Um, you know, after everything that's happened to it. So, uh, I'm just going to open up the prayer, Barry. God, we just worship you for this new day. We thank you for these Christmas stories of hope. I just pray, God, uh, as me and Barry share, and we and we are, Lord, we're, we're delivering and capturing these moments, these real moments, not these wee emotional stories, wee performances, wee shows that are the real, 
God, we're sharing the real change, real uh, uh, heart changes that have been wrought by you, wrought in you, change produced by you, oh God. So I just pray as, as uh, we're sharing, God, that this fills people with great hope. That they can, that they can, if that can happen to them, it can happen to me. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, Barry Boy, uh, a wee bit of the, a wee bit of the story. Then, you know, you you come onto camp, and um, you you want to give a wee back, bit of background of where your heart was at before that. Um, hi. Um, you know, obviously, when I had probably prior to the camp, you know, probably. Need to go back just to obviously a, a bit further than that again. Um, you know, when I kind of first met you at Portbank, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that was about two and a half years ago now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was I came out here and you know, I, I just I didn't really know who I was, what my purpose was, where I was even, you know, where, where my life was going. You know, it just felt like everything. Everything in my life that could go wrong was going wrong, you know, and I just, I didn't know where to go with anything. Um, I'd always been quite a, a kind of a caring. I'd worked in mental health for, for many years previous to that, you know, I um, was always quite caring, compassionate, mm-hmm. you know, understanding, you know, all, all the kind of the real qualities you need for that type of job and, you know, to, as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that first time when I met you, you know, all, I felt like all that had just been robbed from me. You know, I, I didn't know, I didn't have these feelings. I didn't, I didn't even know how to care for anybody. I didn't know how to listen to, you know, and to just help and support others. All these qualities that I had were just gone. You know, and I, and um, I think it's important to note for for those listening, you had just experienced a serious bit of trauma, a bit of loss. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and that that probably had done that that. that Ripped the rug, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was probably a catalyst. Yeah, that, that was the, the tipping point for you know. There's, there's, there's kind of things that we all go through mm-hmm. in your life. You know, different events through the course of your life. But that, that was obviously the catalyst. You know, when the, the, the kid's mum had passed away, mm-hmm. that was just, um, by that, that was just the catalyst. Of everything for me, you know. Um, and it was, it's just because, you know, you've got these two wee kids and, you know, like, how do, how do you kind of cope? How do you, you know, how how do you go forward, you know, with, with them being robbed of such a, a, an important figure, uh, important figure in their life, you know, that being taken away from them, mm-hmm. to then, you know, just trying to carry forward mm-hmm. all that weight that's now upon you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can imagine maybe some people are, maybe like single parents and stuff and it's quite difficult mm-hmm. trying to raise your, you know, mm-hmm. feeling a lot of that pressure or a lot of that burden solely on your shoulders mm-hmm. but to then not have, you know, them not having that other parent as well it's just that added weight you know, just everything lies on you so every everything that they do through the rest of their life from that moment to there is you feel like it's yours mm-hmm. solely on your shoulders mm-hmm. if anything goes wrong it's it's on you kind of thing you know because you're the only parent and you're the one that's trying to kind of shape them now um solely so so i there was obviously different different traumas that i had went through you know even when i was younger like losing people like you know my granny was a big part of me my nephew mm-hmm. dying we caught death like there's been there's been loads of 
death and trauma through my young life. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with people that were very close to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so by that point when I, when I had reached when I met you, um, I'd only just kind of I felt like I, I was running away mm-hmm. in a sense from from my life back in Glasgow. You know that mm-hmm. um, I just needed to get away from it. I just felt like everything. There was that, obviously, the, the, the things that you're going through, um, as I said, the feeling in my heart, it just became dead. It's the only true way of describing it. You know, I felt love for my children, you know, that that never went away. You know, obviously, that's that's there and doesn't go anywhere, but that the love for others, the caring, you know, the, the, the time, you know, all these things that I always had room for for people was just no longer there you know my tolerance for people was just gone um but around about that time as well you know i'd never really been much a drinker since i was as a young boy Um, once i became a dad you know i I could count on one hand the amount of times i would probably have a drink on special occasions and stuff but i just felt like even though i wasn't maybe having parties or anything i was having some mates around the house we were sitting having beers and Mm -hmm. My kids had never even seen me drink, um, so and that that was becoming a weekend thing, and then maybe a couple of times through the week, you know. So I was starting to, as much as it might not have been chaos, or the kids were, in, you know, they were never um, ruining anything, bad or anything. But just that, I was starting to see that kind of that me going in a direction that wasn't me as well, um, and then. Um, Something as well that I've never asked, I've always been quite embarrassed about and, and never really shared was um, one night I had been out having a drink. You know, I had, I'd been, it was actually at a friend's funeral. I had a few drinks after that of the week. Go to a party in the evening, it was somebody's birthday. and was having a drink till like two in the morning. Um, the next day, about quarter to five, and, you know, I'd went in my car to go and pick the kids up, thinking, you know, obviously I stopped drinking it too, mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go and get them now, it's now quarter to five the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, on the way to get the kids, somebody pulls out their car in front of me, a young driver, we end up in quite a, a big collision with me and other cars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I get breathalyzed because I'm involved in an accident, mm-hmm. and it was literally just over the limit. Mm-hmm. So it was like... That was another thing. It's, it's something I've never really told anybody. No many people know, apart from people close to me, because mm-hmm. I was quite embarrassed by it. People think you're drink driving, or you know, as if I've just had a drink in a car. So mm-hmm. there's that shame for that as well, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't the case. But how do you tell people that? You know, they just think, "Oh, you drink driving," when it was literally just over from all that time. So it was just like everything. You know, I seen my my life just been all these things I built myself up and. All this protection in my, my kids that I tried to have was just nose diving, and I could just see I couldn't see a future. I just I just felt as if I was becoming this wreck, or I was this wreck, and I was just going to start destroying things around about me, even though I wasn't I was aware of it, but I couldn't quite control it. Um, so I, that's that's just the back bit to meeting you. Um, initially, it pulled back, um, so. So I remember meeting you and Vince and, and, and having that uh, initial conversation when I first met you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember it too much. Uh, I remember meeting you, but because my head was so gone, mm-hmm. uh, I can't you know, remember a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for then, that was probably when the, the Christian journey had started, you know, when I was starting to go to church and stuff up here and 
you know, Martin getting get involved with Martin and, and, and his men's meeting and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would say I was starting to have, you know, some definitely it was some kind of breakthroughs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you were going to church and there was just so much emotion and, and heart and, mm-hmm. and pain and shame and guilt and, you know, you're feeling all this, but you don't really know what to do with it, mm-hmm. you know. You, you don't. So, so you go in, you feel very emotional, you feel sad, you feel hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're, you're feeling all this stuff, you know, and I would say just, you know, leave things at the cross, you know, just just, just leave it there, you know, and, and it'll all go away, but but it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't go away, you, you leave church and you're still carrying it, you've, mm-hmm. you've still got it there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though over that probably two-year period from then to boot camp, you know, I'd made a lot of progress and met a lot of good people, met yourself and mm-hmm. a lot more times and, mm-hmm. and other good uh, men and women of God, you know, and mm-hmm. they definitely helped me. Um, kind of start to defrost that heart, you know, mm-hmm. start to... When it, the, the deadness wasn't never felt like deadness. It just felt like maybe just a bit frozen now. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a heart there, I could feel it, mm-hmm. but it was still a bit icy or so, you know, <laughs> trying to put it in the words. Yeah, no, great. Um, so, so leading up, obviously, then to going to the boot camp, mm-hmm. Um, I try to think, you know, there was, there was so many different things within that. Um, I don't know, I think I was maybe a bit scared initially, you know, getting into it. You know, not fully understanding it either, kind of what the process is going to be. And I, and I don't think you truly will until you experience it. You know, you go in a boot camp and, and you realise, because there's things that you just think are, were insignificant or things that you think only affecting you just slowly start to get highlighted, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the big things put me on that um, What was, uh, I remember we were just sitting in, in quiet time, I think it may have been the second last day or something for mm-hmm. 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing, and I don't I don't think at the time, you were, I was trying to hide it because we're all got our eyes closed, mm-hmm. we're all quiet, mm-hmm. and I was just like shaking, and it was just so much pain and all this stuff I didn't even knew I was carrying was coming out and that was actually nothing to do and I spoke about that was you know <laughs> growing up no having mm-hmm. I had a father who was around but well it wasn't around my mum and dad had separated but I would go to my nana's house where he lived and you know I was meant to kind of spend time with him and he would maybe be there if he was there for a wee while mm-hmm. and then I would kind of get shipped to an auntie's or an uncle's or it could be anybody, you know, anybody that would take me basically. Mm-hmm. So he could go out and go with his mates on the swally and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or if it was through the day, you know, he would take me with him. And mm-hmm. at that time, kids could get in pub, pubs. I don't know if it's still the same as long as they were eating something right. to a certain time. Mm-hmm. So I would sort of have a, a, a bowl of chips while he would be at the bar kind of thing. So that was my relationship with my dad. You know, never really, you know, that there isn't, it's almost non existent kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I then kind of, you know, you get to that age, maybe about 10, 11, and you're like, you know, I can't be bothered kind of hang with that mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but I never, I don't know, I never, you know, I, you, I think because we, all my, my friends and stuff, many of them had dads that were around, you know, I think maybe about 30 years boys mm-hmm. who all went about together and I kind of ended up all in a gang. I was about 30 years, I think it was only one, one of them who actually had their mum and dad that were still together. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So it was like you just felt like, well, it's no. I, I wasn't even loving families. My mums and dads were still together, so mm-hmm. I never felt as if it was a a big deal mm-hmm. as such, you know. Um, so I so you know there was there's obviously lots of things in the relationship with my mum and dad. Things that went on, you know, a lot of. Um, a lot of bad stuff, you know, and, and my mission, I suppose, or my main thing in life was just, I don't want to be like him, you know, I just, I want to have a family, I want to have kids, you know, I, I, want, to, I want to be a dad, you know, and just no be him, you know what I mean, and that's, and that's, and that's always been fine to me, you know, it's just kind of about my life, all the years from then to now, to, to the boot camp, always seemed fine, you know, and it was always, you know, that that it served me well, or, uh, and I thought there was no issue with that. Uh, but on the boot camp, it was like, you know, you're starting to see things a bit differently. I've just spent my whole life trying to be somebody where I've no actually, I don't even know who I am or who I'm supposed to be. Or, do you know what I mean? It's, so I'm just, my whole life's been no beans trying not to be somebody. That when I actually step back and I'm like, well, where, in it, where in any part of my life have I actually thought, you know, I want to be this, have this career. I want to, you know, have these goals. You know, there's never been any because I've just been so focused on no being something, which, as I say, up until the boot camp, I didn't even realise was an issue and such. Um, so that, that was a big thing for me. And realising that there was a lot of pain there, you know, that, that rejection, that was probably my first big rejection. Um, the first kind of main wound that I had been carrying all these years mm-hmm. which I didn't really realise I was mm-hmm. okay, it's alright you know so so that was that was huge um, and that was where I really you know where, where all that emotion came from it just brought it all mm-hmm. to the surface mm-hmm. um, you know going through it mm-hmm. and I know, I know a lot of people you know or people listening could maybe, maybe be like well you know, if you were all right, then why would you want to go through something like that or put yourself through something like that, that that brings it all forward? But, you know, unless you actually bring that out and, you know, you obviously allow Jesus and God and Terry, but see your life where you're just, it's just that, that room of the house that maybe gets in. You know, unless you open that door and let them in, you know, and, and help you fix it and try and remove that, then you're just going to keep carrying it, keep carrying it, keep carrying it. And then you, you pass it forward as well, even though, mm-hmm. you know, I've, as I said, I've, I've just spent my life trying not to be somebody and, you know, trying to be this best dad that I can be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm carrying that stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's at the surface in my heart or whether it's right there or whether it's in the back, that's definitely going to have an effect on me, you know, with my relationship with my son. You know, it might not be like that, but yeah. there's, there's definitely something, you know, there's, there's more I could give them mm-hmm. if I deal with myself. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a, a big, that. a big thing coming out mm-hmm. of um, the, the boot camp. I'll let you talk against the thing. Listen, I'm, that's great, great to hear. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating uh, hearing your perspective, Barry. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know we shared, um, and just at the beginning, that something needs to be parted with in order to make room for receiving the true riches. Yeah. And as you're sharing, you know, that a real miracle, a real story of hope 
that were not. You could watch a Christmas Carol and go, Scrooge's heart. When when you see when you see the the spirit of Christmas past, who comes in and goes. By the way, do you remember this? Remember the pain and that that happened to you. Remember when you get rejected to your father. Remember when that happened to you and this happened to you. And love was lost, and there was so much trauma in the story that 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 he just said, I don't want to see this, I want to run for it. But that was necessary, the, 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 the process of going through uh, that, you know, exposure, the searching, yeah. light that searches out. Here's, here's some things here that have still got a grip in your heart, that have still got yeah. tentacles in your heart. You know, and for me, it's like the mace, as, as I said, I, I've said to friends recently, you know, the, the, the men that I'm around are the most courageous bunch, including yourself, Barry. You know, the, you know to get through a process of of uh, this kind of self-discovery, but allowing God into the, the places of our greatest pain. Yeah. Um, and just as you said there, like and, and like the story of the Christmas Carol, that how unnecessary it is that something is that we've been holding on to so dearly that we've been so used to. Yeah. Like it's like an old piece of furniture in our house. Which it's just part of the family. Bitterness, hardness, yes. cynicism. You know, all these things that we 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 think are just normal don't need to be. Yeah. The real the real miracle of Christmas is Christmas is a letting letting the gift that God has given in and bringing this great joy with him. There's a scene for the shack, the movie, you know, that the the that was made of the, the book for William Paul Young. And it it, it it beautifully captures in one sentence what you've just described and what we're, what we're talking about here. Because Mac, the main character whose heart has been absolutely, he, he, he's been so abused, he ends up killing his father, his daughter then gets uh, uh, abducted and murdered. The guy's heart is hard, as hard as any heart on earth can even could ever be. But he has an encounter with God and the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God starts to challenge his uh, judgments and eventually it leads to him changing his heart changing yeah. his mind repenting really a full change of a heart mind and he comes with this uh, experience and he approaches the character Jesus in, the, in, the, in the, the film and he goes how was it he got asked the question how was it he goes terrible and you hang on oh, no he's no he's no changed has he but then he goes, terrible, but wonderful. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think that captures, that one sentence, the two words, it captures the, um, you know, the, the, um, I just got an email on there, I don't know how that's come up on the screen, but it captures what we are saying. <laughs> it captures what we are saying, and it captures what this journey is that actually allowing God into these places? It feels terrible, but it's absolutely wonderful to yeah. have, have have my heart beating inside my chest again, yeah. feeling alive again, feeling like I can love and take risks 
and actually dream and envision things for the future, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Anything you want to share with that, mate? I uh, just, you know, I, I think, but I think, you know, when you go through these things, if you, like reje- you're re- rejected and you grow up in kind of housing schemes and these tougher environments and stuff, you know, it's like, to be vulnerable, it's just, you know, it's just, you just can't be it, you know, you, you can't be vulnerable. And I think that's the the biggest struggle I would imagine, I think for me, on this journey and to even be part of the boot camp is to allow yourself to be vulnerable you know you have to and uh, in, in, in being able to surrender you know um, because I think that's what it is we just we don't want to be you know we're all we're in this kind of thing we were I can't remember what with the, the chair what was it oh you were you're telling a story you know but the wee boy's dad I think he oh. kind of hold them and stuff <laughs> with the, the hairdressers and you know, so it's like, you know, we are, we're just, we're so like this and we don't, we, there's so much stuff in us and so much pain and, mm. and all these things that we are holding on to that you don't realise when you just allow yourself, you know, to mm. become vulnerable, just surrender these things, you know, you, everything just will start to change, you know, for some people, I don't think for everybody it's going to happen overnight and as a, as a journey and a process that, that you're on, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you when you allow yourself to to be vulnerable and and, and share these things, like you know, between on the boot camp or even as one day new, you know, just starting to let these things out and let God in. But mm-hmm. you know, every day won't be a wee bit better than the last. You know, it doesn't mean your you know your life's wonderful and you're not going to come up against mm-hmm. uh, different things. You know, just to, as in life, you know, kind of. Um, Mm-hmm. Aye, but aye. <laughs> Beautiful, mate. You're describing to have a heartless a life. Yeah. See, I mean, that scene for Braveheart, you know, that God called me into ministry with. Uh, run and you might live. Yeah, that's it. No, I mean, run away if you're dealing with this. Run to the pubs. Run to, the, run to whatever you use to escape the pain. And you might live at least a while. Yeah. But dying in the things you've used to numb yourself, what would you be willing to trade? Would would you not be willing to trade all these days you've wasted yeah. to come back here and say, "Ah, wolf, I am absolutely hundred percent committed to fighting for a heart that's fully alive. Yeah. I want my heart fully alive. I want to be in the battle. I'm not going to be perfect." As you're saying, it's not going to be wonderful, you know. But it can. I can. I can. I can live above things. I yeah. can get. The, I can live in victory. No be. Yeah. No be somebody who's under things all the time. You know, yeah. downtrodden, defeated. I'm actually learning the, to to get the victory because my heart's alive again. You know, and uh, just to finish, Barry. You know, we finished because this. This this last session uh, was one that I know you know uh, just hearing the story because I know I haven't heard much of your experience. Uh, but when I was looking on at you, that last session on receiving God as Father, it's touched you so deeply. And a, a couple of, couple of, you know he, he used uh, he uses a scene for Braveheart when the when young William's father dies. And, you know, the wounds that that was touching and everybody, 
you know, uh, because of their sense of fatherlessness. Yeah. And they they use they use a quote for George MacDonald, which I've I've totally appreciated in my my studies the last couple of years in the counselling, because one of the theories is on a, the attachment theory for this guy John Bowlby, and you know going way back to Freud and others who developed these things, but they 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 basically state that look. How how you learn father, how you learned from father and mother to attach, or their dysfunction, just like you mentioned it. Uh, you know you you learn like this was normal, so I learned to attach myself and adapt myself to what can be absolute dysfunction, and then yeah. what that what that what that results in is dysfunction later <laughs> on in life because that it's un, untold problems are resulting because of how you have learned father and mother. How you've learned to attach to people, because everything's about everything that we are talking about has came through people. Our hearts, our pains have came through people. But but this quote just cements the the the, the hope that we've got, that our healing, that our restoration, that our that our you know that our you know ability to accept ourselves fully comes from the accepting father. And he says, the hardest, gladdest thing in all this world is to cry father from a full heart. The refusal to look up to God as a father is the one central wrong in the whole human affair. It's this inability, the one central misery. And, uh, you know, for me, it just gave me such hope that, um, that the heart reconnected to him Learning to attach itself. After all this, why would I want to attach to anything? I'm so wounded, I've been so assaulted. That's where the real miracle is. To be able to turn our hearts to a loving father and to this, the amazing, beautiful story of Christmas that, that, that Jesus enters the world to, to restore and set our hearts free, forgive us, give us joy back, give us life back. And uh, what, what about that, mate? Did that did that jump out of you? Uh, uh, you know, did, was that something that really touched? It didn't. I'm, I'm forgetting. Actually, I say I was saying the, the second last day that was where it. You know, it really hit me with that emotion stuff. So far, that, that was the last day. I that was where it. Mm-hmm. That was where it moved. I it was just overwhelming. You know that, that feeling um, that you can be still fathered. You know, even though you might not have had that. And, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. You know what, uh, my mum met her. A lovely man when I was ten, and you know, he was my stepdad, and mm-hmm. you know, he showed me how you treat a woman and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, you know, and you know, he's been great from that day to this. Mm-hmm. But there's still that wound there, you know, from your own mm-hmm. your own father, mm-hmm. and obviously, um, you know, and in, in so just that last day, everything about that, and one of the clubs it showed, you know, with the dad running from the stands with his, his boys ready. running. Derek Redman. Aye, that, that was just all whacked me right there and then. So it was like the the pain was all coming out. Mm-hmm. All that hurt was coming out that I had there. But also uh, an overwhelming joy, you know, that, that God is there, you know, and he can be far. You know, we just need to seek him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he's there. You know, as it says, you know, you chat with the door, but mm-hmm. we, we do have to open the door. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we stand there chatting all night if we don't, we don't open it. Yeah. You know, um, and we do have to let them in. So, uh, that, it was really powerful that, that that last day. And so, all the different emotions, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
and my biggest thing is probably trust. You know, nobody really trusts people, um, relationships, and different things. You know, but leading up to the boot camp, I was getting better, and I'd say through the boot camp, you know, it's it's definitely changed a lot of things in my my. It's highlighted different things in me, you know, where you're kind of deflecting as well, you know, or you deflect a lot of stuff, you know, or somebody says something to you, your back goes up, you know, you can't take criticism when it's maybe due, you know, or, or it's people are trying to help you and stuff. So, Fairy Boot Camp, you know, it has its open eyes to so many things. Um, even my son, you know, making sure I'm validating him, you know, more regularly, even though he gets a lot of love, he gets his cuddles, his kisses, you know, but... That, some, that just isn't enough either, you know, just to, to kiss and cuddle at night time before bed saying I love you, you know, and, and I still catch myself as well, um, where I, I, I don't know, maybe just because of the, we're now doing the, the, um, Field manual. Always the, 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 the manual, right. you know, we're now working through the manual, mm-hmm. so there's three things you can maybe, it's very easy to slip in back into just the norm, you know, the kind of life that you were living before. No, it was bad or anything, but you maybe just forget some of the things that you've learned. Mm-hmm. So it's good um, mm-hmm. get through the manual after it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just keeping yourself focused. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the things that you need, you need to, your, your kid needs for you, mm-hmm. but ultimately, obviously, you have to look to God to, to father you, to help you father them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. So I was, it was powerful that last day, it definitely mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was stick with me forever. Really, a lot of things that were highlighted mm-hmm. on that on that last day. Yeah. The Father by God, I. Mm. Well, that's thirty three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just goes in, doesn't it? Just goes in. Barry, thanks for blessing yeah. us, mate. Honestly, your 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 story is it's inspirational, it's and it's so so uh, it's miraculous, you know, because. Uh, no, uh, you know, I know for us, it's not this big show and performance that we're presenting. Yeah. Um, try to manufacture something. You know, you're actually saying here's real changes. So, yeah. guys, have, have you have you've have you've uh, been touched by that uh, story? I encourage you. You know, what Barry's saying there. Open your heart. Actually, just invite God in. Get in touch. You know, we're doing an art men's yeah. camp uh, in in uh, March, and. Uh, you know, take take that step of courage. Um, you know, we go through our lives, making sure our our, our uh, you know our, our bodies are great, our houses are fine, but neglecting our hearts, you know, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't it, it doesn't lead to the life that God intended. So, yeah. as we come out of Christmas, uh, you know, uh, uh, we just we just pray the bre- the best the best Christmas, and uh, you know. Experience some some of this Christmas joy and transformation for yourself. All right, guys. So yes. thanks for listening, Barry. Thank you very much, mate. No problem, Nelly. All right, my friend. A pleasure. Have a great Christmas. Until next time, guys. God bless you all. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.